Hi guys, I'm Alex Ferroni, FIF3 driver, and you're listening to The Podium. This is The Podium, where we celebrate the best in the world of motorsport, and our next guest is one of the Australian drivers that's competing in the FIA Formula 3 Championship. It is Alex Peroni. Alex, thanks so much for joining us on The Podium. G'day, Jason. Good to be here. Thanks for having me. Oh, look, any time, Alex. Uh, in a little while, we'll get to your current results because you've been performing awesomely in the Formula 3 Championship this season. Let's go all the way back to the beginning, though, for you, Alex. How old were you when you started watching motorsport? Who did you look up to? And what were those first steps involved in, in getting started? I first started at seven, which sounds young to a lot of people, but that's that's about the year, about the age everyone starts doing go karting. And um, but yeah, I, I want I wanted to I wanted to get a go kart specifically for about probably about a year before I started. Dad used to do it, so I got it. I got the patch for it through him, and I used to watch videos of him doing it. And I was just desperate to get into go kart. Like um, honestly, as a kid, I was just <laughs> addicted to cars. Like I mean, I was looking at my school books. Uh, a couple of months ago and I was, there was just cars drawn on every page like um, and the cars looked better than my selling so but um, yeah so I got I got it through my dad basically the passion for it you know he, he was he had the same passion as me he drove a bit um, also in he did a test with a Formula Ford and yeah I would watch videos of Schumacher and Group B rally and yeah I just fell in love with it well yeah you mentioned your dad there you know, motorsports, unlike a lot of other sports, you know, footy, you can just pick up a footy and start training. Motorsport, there's a lot of time and investment involved. What were those steps involved in starting up? Yeah, it's it's basically a whole, you know, family affair to do a, to be a go-cutter, even, even at that small level, which is just the entry level for motorsport because it, it's, it's so expensive even then. And um, dad, I think, knew, knew what it could turn into because, um, look, I, I guess you could say it's not that expensive just to just to get into it and race, but to be competitive and and really compete at the highest level, you have to spend so much money. And um, yeah, it's just how it is. But um, yeah, it was super fun. The early years karting. I mean, it's 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 chill. You you, you can focus on learning, learning and driving. And um, as a young as a young kid, it was it was awesome. Yeah, well, you grew up in Tassie. Talk about how you ended up in Europe. Yeah, I don't know. I think Dad, Dad had a bit of a vision from for me. I think um, when he started seeing that I was I was semi decent because I guess I started and he was worried that I was I was going to give it up straight away. I was going to try it. I was going to be bad and his and I was going to give it up. And he's wasted thousands of his money, you know, thousands of dollars for nothing, basically. So you know, when he realised I was decent, you know. My first race, I got on the podium, started getting wins. We're like, okay, where where can we go from from here? And obviously, as a kid, I was just there, kind of along for the ride. You know, obviously, even then, I wanted to be a Formula One driver and and get there, but I I had no clue on how to get there. Obviously, so Dad was just um, yeah. We we then went to Melbourne, um, which is basically the hub for karting in Australia. We started going to Melbourne every probably once every two weeks, competing in national state championships, and then eventually we then went to Europe. 
So luckily, I've a um, I have my grandparents that that live there. And one one year we just went for a holiday, and we were like, okay, let's do some karting on the side, and it, and it went well, got good results, and then after that we started going every year. So basically, it got pretty serious pretty quickly. And 2015, the Italian F4 Championship, one of the first big, you know, European championships that you competed in. Yeah, talk about that experience. You had uh, even Lando Norris did a few select events that championship season. Yeah, that was that was a funny year. Um, in fact, uh, with me this year is my is my engineer from that year, and um, yeah, we always we always joke about that year because, I mean. It was a one-car team, very small team, um, and we were up against teams like Perma, who are top level, who get information from Formula One, uh, from, from Ferrari, and Test, and you know, uh, just another level. I mean, us as this small car, one one-car team, you know, I had no idea what I was doing. First year racing cars, we had no experience, so to get two podiums that year was. I mean, a miracle looking back on it, but um, yeah, it was a super fun year. Yeah, driving against drivers like Lando was cool. Well, at the time it was normal, but I guess looking back, it's kind of cool now. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, it was a good, I learned so much about the industry and and how it works more than anything, I think. And, and what did you learn? Because, you know, like as race fans, we just see it there. We know that you know, the relationships can be turbulent with the other drivers. What is it like for you competing, you know, in these big championships? Oh, well, I, like it's a lot, it's different than karting. I mean, karting feels more more like a community. You know, you talk with other drivers, you've seen a lot, you hang out with them after the racetrack set. In in in, mo, in Formula, it was, wasn't really like that. It wasn't, it wasn't really to do with other drivers. It was more like, um, I guess, politics of the sport um teams the difference teams can make the difference testing can make and how much tires you use and and experience and things like that because honestly i just went in there thinking you know i can do a couple of tests you know with this team and we can get good results but you know it's, it's a lot more complex than that and also as as a driver then i have to give um feedback on the setup and we had data and on board and, you know, I had none of those things in karting. So it was just a, a whole new world for me. Yeah, a big step up, that's for sure. In 2016, you did the V to V challenge. So for anyone that doesn't really know, this is Formula Renault's pretty much uh, that you race around in. What a season for you. You won the championship, mm. 14 wins, 11 poles. You won races at every round of the championship, including races at Catalonia, Port Ricard, Magna Corps, Mugello, Estoril, just to name a few. Yeah, like, how was the confidence after that season? <laughs> um, yeah, it was, look, it wasn't, looking back, obviously, it wasn't the ideal career path. I mean, at that stage, at the end of that four year, you know, we were really struggling with, with budget. And, um, I mean, Dad kept all this quiet for me, but, you know, we had, we had a couple of sponsors, but it wasn't enough to get, to, the whole, to get a whole year in Euro Cup, which was obvious um, progression in the ladder so we thought let's do this v2v where we can afford it let's get some experience in a in a good car um on good tracks because f4 was just in italy as well so i'd never driven at all these european tracks so we did this season v2v you know it's it's not super competitive there was probably around 
there's about 20 cars every weekend, but only about six or seven, to be honest, were competitive. But it was good just to learn. And, um, you know, it was honestly probably one of the most important years in my career, actually, at, thus far, because we um, picked up David Quinn, who became, you know, very important for my career and um, sponsors as well that stayed on board until this day. So, in that sense, it was very important. Got good mileage at tracks, you know, got good results, got good confidence. And um, it really, yeah, started my, put my foot in the door for my next stages in my career. Well, yeah, like you said, it was a springboard for 2017. You finally did make it into the Formula Renault Euro Cup, 10th uh, in the standings that season. And we had a driver that was on the, on the show recently, Zane Goddard, and you competed against him that season. Yeah, that was, a, that was like a weird season. I mean, it was full of Aussies. Like, felt like I was like competing at, at Geelong or something in Melbourne. But <laughs> yeah, it was like five Aussies. It was me, um, Goddard, Leeds, Randall, and Maxwell. So yeah, it was it was, um, it was pretty funny. But, yeah, good memories that year. So yeah, I won that at Poe. Yeah, winning at Poe was awesome. Uh, crazy street circuit. First time at a street circuit. The car was awesome and to get that win was, was pretty mega. And yet, uh, I mean, that was, that was my first year, like a full, really high-level championship, you know, and a Europe, full high-level European championship. And it was, it was amazing. Learned a lot. Not, not the best year. We, we really struggled in the second half of the season and sucks because I'll never understand why. I mean, we were fifth in the championship halfway and then we didn't score points until the last race on the second half of the season. So something went wrong. Who knows? I'll never find out. But anyway, I learned a lot and it was, it was pretty fun. Yeah, 2018, your second season in that championship. Ninth in the standings. One of the most memorable weekends for you, though, would have to be at Monaco. Two podiums, including one race win there. What an experience it would have been like competing on a circuit like Monaco and then winning at that track. Well, uh hard to explain the feeling of that like I mean Monaco is just I know every single driver and it's cliche every driver says you know it's Monaco special but it really is a different feeling for some reason to race in Monaco like it's just it's just special I mean it's hard it's hard to put into words until you actually experience it but um yeah it's win was just incredible uh mega weekend the car was on fire um I just felt super comfortable from the outset and um yeah, to also meet Daniel and have that, you know, after dinner thing with Prince Albert and just the whole experience was just mental. Yeah, now, now share, yeah, share, awesome. share a little so, more about that, about the history behind that race and everything that goes along with winning there. Yeah, so I don't know how it started, but it's, just, it's uh, not even a tradition. Like, you're, you're invited by the Prince if you win on the race weekend in any category of Formula 1. So I won the uh, race one, and um, so I got invited on Saturday morning. And the thing is, Sunday night the dinner, so I didn't. And it's a black tie event, so I had I had nothing. I mean, I was <laughs> rolling around in my blunts and boots, so I couldn't go there in my blunts. So I had to. So we had to organise, uh, you know, a black tuxedo quickly, try it on, and I had the race on Sunday as well. So I mean, we didn't. It's not like we'll, we had so much time. Anyway, I got it sorted, went there, met Daniel. I mean, you can imagine it's, it's Monaco, so the glamour and 
I mean, an example is just like towards the end, for some reason, they open the roof of this, I don't even know what to call it, like amphitheater thing, open the roof and fireworks started coming out into the night in the stars. And it was just like, I was just blown away. And then, you know, after they're just giving out perfectly champagne bottles to everyone. I mean, it was just, it was just typical Monaco and um, amazing experience. I mean, the highlight for me was meeting Daniel for sure. Well, who did you look up to as a kid? Uh, as a kid, uh, probably Michael. I mean, Daniel wasn't around at the time. So, yeah, I'd say Michael Schumacher Senna, even though he was before my time. But growing up, it was always, I was Ferrari addicted and uh, Michael was killing it at the time. So, he was, he was my idol. And, um, yeah, I learned, I learned a few things by watching him for sure. Yeah, and talk about the end of that season, how the deal came about with Campos Racing to compete in the FIA Formula 3 Championship. Yeah, so um, the championship as a whole, again, wasn't that great that year. I got some good individual results like Monaco or like winning at Poe again, but um, yeah, overall it wasn't a mega year. And um, but anyway, we still managed to get the, the test, the end of your season test at um, Abu Dhabi for F3 with Campos, had a really positive test, everything felt good, and um, yeah, we basically got offered a contract after that and, and, and signed it. I mean, uh, when I say it like that, it sounds super simple, but uh, you know, it was a, it's a really long process and finding funding and working interviews and, you know, you don't actually think you're going to race until February even because you know, that that summer um, block for us is where we have to find funding and, and try and sort our next season, which obviously is too late, but that's, that's how it is. And for lots of listeners that don't know, Campos Racing, it's been around for a long time. A lot of experienced drivers have driven for this team. Mark Genet and Fernando Alonso have won championships in different categories for this team. What were the nerves like going into that 2019 season? Um. It was weird. Like it was, it was a new, a totally new car. Well, not totally new, but it was it was a new car, brand new championship. Um, Thirty drivers, you know, all the best teams in the world. So it was even a bigger step up. Well, it was a massive step up from Euro Cup. So yeah, I think I was more excited and intrigued of what was what was going to happen than than nervous. And um, yeah, it was a it was a pretty interesting season, and um, that car to drive was was always it's super fun to drive. Well, yeah, you mentioned it. It was it was an interesting season. Um, you did have some top ten results, so which was great. <laughs> However, a lot of people have probably seen yeah. the clips now of this huge shunt that you had at Monza. Ah, oh, jeez, it's quite spectacular. Talk us through that accident and talk us through that championship. Yeah. Uh, well, it was kind of bad because, <laughs> well, it was kind of bad in every freaking way, but yeah, it was, it was just one of those things. I mean, anyway, to have that, I was, I was, I was in fifth position, I think, or sixth, and there was about five or no, three laps to go. And, you know, in this category, it's, it's similar to F1, you know, the tires degrade a lot and you start struggling, obviously, towards the end of the race. And I was struggling with my rear tires a bit, and I just got a bit of oversteer at the last corner, which is called Parabolica at Monza. And I went a bit wide, 
And um, I kept my throttle in it, though, because I didn't want to lose uh, time to the car in front and there was a car behind catching me. And then I just remember seeing that curb um, and thinking, well, I think I remember thinking, do I go over it or go to the side of it? And I thought, okay, I can't lose time. Let's just try going over it. I mean, and yeah, <laughs> I went over it, that's for sure. So yeah, had a massive chance. Uh, went skywards, knocked myself out, broke, uh, fractured a vertebra, three months recovery, missed the whole rest of the season. And yeah, it sucked a lot. It was it was a terrible season in general. In, in a, it was a terrible year for me on and off the track in every way. Um, yeah, there's a lot of things that happened that year and um, it really tested my, my mental strength and my, um, my, it really tested my resilience. And, um, but yeah, as always, I mean, a lot of people say you learn the most in the difficult times and it's, it's so true that year I learned probably the most about myself I've I ever learned and I think it really improved me for this year. Yeah, let's talk about 2020 now. Before we talk about the on-track stuff, let's talk about the off-track stuff because you've got a new engineer this season, a guy that's worked with Ferrari, McLaren, Renault, and like you said, you've linked up with him again from your early days. Talk about the difference that that's made going into this championship. Yeah, it was it was important because as, as a team, look, as a team campus, I think we can all agree we struggled a bit last year. And um, we, we didn't get the results and we weren't as fast as we hoped. Um, it was pretty clear. So we we all we all knew things needed to change, including the team. So um, Andrea became available. And um, yeah, we jumped at the opportunity. He came to the, came to the team and things have been so far a lot, a lot better this year. You know, we've made a good step with the car. Um, you know, we're consistently being able to be, you know, in that top five area so yeah it's, it's made a big difference but also i've learned a lot from from marcy and i feel like i'm a more consistent better driver as well so these two ingredients have definitely made it made it possible to get some some good results so far this year oh it's been a strong start to the season let's talk about that now uh let's talk about austria the first race weekend at austria first ever podium in mm. formula three what were the emotions like celebrating on what was a very different podium? Yeah, yeah, it was weird. It was a bit, it was a bit anticlimactic, if I'm honest, you know, because you know, we, as as drivers, we had no idea how the podium was going to be. There was nothing said in the briefing. Uh, there was no, we knew it was going to be different for sure, but we didn't know it was going to be, you know, like that. It was a bit, it was a bit strange. But who cares? I mean, at the end of the day, the only thing we care about is the result, and um, but, and so that that was awesome. I mean, we 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 didn't have a great quality. We, we were a bit unlucky um, with with traffic, and we started. We knew we could go forward for sure. I knew I knew myself we could go forward, but third was a bit of a stretch. So yeah, to end up there was good. Um, we had really good pace, and it was the the not the perfect, but a, re, a really good start to the season. Yeah, and then a few difficult results at the second round of the championship at Austria again. Uh, talk us through that weekend mm. and then uh, Hungary. Yeah, guys, it was a, a disappointing weekend. I mean, we were we were definitely quicker in the second round of Spa. For some reason, the, well, we know why, but the, the hard tyres suited our car more. And um, we were, were quick in practice. In quality, we were very unlucky with the red flag where we 
we couldn't reach the, we didn't cross the line in time where all the other drivers did. So they had a extra lap on us and um, that lap would have been probably good for P2 or P3. So that was our potential. But anyway, we started seventh and yeah, it was, and it was, it was weird. Like we will going to the grid and it didn't, it didn't look like it was going to rain. Maybe it could be dry. It was one of those situations which everyone hates. And we just we just got our we just got it wrong. We didn't we didn't expect it to rain so much, and you know it ended up bloody pouring like crazy. And um, yeah, we just struggled for pace. And eleventh um, was probably the best result we could get. And then yeah, race two was just um, not our race either. So anyway, these things happen. We learn from it, and um, yeah, that's how it is. And your weekend at Hungary. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> Again, a strange weekend with weather. I mean, we were, I mean, it was the middle of July and it was in Hungary. You wouldn't expect it to be raining and it was raining again all weekend. And, um, but anyway, that's, I like, I like driving the rain. I'm from Tasmania, you know, it's raining bloody 24 seven. So, <laughs> um, I'm used, I'm used to the rain and, you know, I was confident when it, when it rained and even at, even after Red Bull Ring where we struggled a bit, I was like, okay, we can get a good result here in the rain. But for some reason, we just couldn't really get the tyres working. We got a, we got a few things wrong again, and that really compromised our weekend. But anyway, it, it wasn't a terrible weekend anyway. Seventh and tenth, still, still some decent points. But for sure, we lost a bit of ground in the championship then. Yeah, well, you've managed to claw back some of that with uh, the first weekend of action at Silverstone, uh, sixth place in the first race, and another podium finish, a third place finish in that second race. What a strong run from you. Yeah, no, it was, it was pretty decent. It was pretty decent. Um, almost had a heart attack in quali when they initially deleted my lap time, which was which was for P6, and then I was actually going to start P18. And um, qualifying is everything in F3, so that would have been the weekend over, basically. So luckily, got reinstated. And um, yeah, so race one was good, good pace, sick. Um, still things to improve on. And then, yeah, race two, we really improved the car, had had good pace and obviously a bit lucky um, at the end to get, um, I mean, the driver, the first driver got a, pen, a penalty, so a bit lucky to be, uh, to get inherited third place, but whatever, uh, we'll take it. And or overall, you know, as a driver, you, you don't really look at the results. You look at your pace and how you felt in the car because, you know, that's what matters. Sometimes results are not consistent on how fast you were. You know, the pace was always good and um, we have key areas where we can improve for this weekend. Yeah, for sure. We've got another weekend at Silverstone coming up. I want to ask you as well, because, you know, Formula 3 this season, spoilt for choice when it comes to Australians. Uh, we had Jack doing on a little earlier on in the season. Uh, you got Callan Williams and Oscar Piastri. Tell me, what is it like competing with all these Aussies? Yeah. Oh, I'm a bit used to it. Every every year, like as I said in Eurocup, there's five Aussies. This year, yeah, four. So yeah, it's, Aussies are taking over them. I think I don't know why, but I think maybe it's because of um, maybe it's just this generation. Maybe it's because of Daniel getting good results. Who knows? But yeah, it's cool. Um, um, I mean, doesn't make a difference, no. <laughs> but um. Yeah, you know, it's cool to see them after the race, I guess, and chat about stuff. But um, to, to, to each other, we're just another competitor. And um, who knows, maybe even more because 
we because we're both Australian, we want to beat each other maybe. But um, yeah, good. Very good. And and who's the toughest competitor to race against coming up through the ranks? Oh, uh, consistently, who have I raced against most? I don't know. Probably, probably the kids most consistently is probably Max Futrell. I raced against him in in karting, and then in. Euro Cup for two years and then also last year in F3 so yeah I haven't I haven't had that many battles with him probably Richard Vashaw I've had a few battles with um, a few wheel to wheel action and which has annoyed him most of the time but um, yeah it's always it's always really close racing always on the limit in this category and you know um, it's, it's, it's super fun and, and what are the expectations of the remainder of this championship you've had a really solid start uh, what do you think? Wins are obviously something that I'm sure you'll be looking at. And what's the plans for next season? Yeah, wins are definitely the next the next target. I think qualifying is is somewhere where we need to improve. I mean, we you need to qualify up the front in this category to finish up the front, and um, that's somewhere we can improve. As soon as we start improving that, we'll we'll be getting the results we want. And um, yeah, obviously, a win and a pole position is the next target. You know, we're taking it step by step and um, try and just improve ourselves and doing the best best we can. And yeah, for next year, oh god, next year's too far away, mate. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm thinking about yeah, no, nah, it's no, it's no use thinking about next year. Um, it depends so much on how I go this year. So I'll try and concentrate on on the next race and doing the best I can. Now. For any young race car drivers that are listening to this interview, what advice would you give them? Oof, young car drivers. Um, one thing I probably didn't think as much when I was in karting is just trying to learn as much as possible about yourself and driving uh, and improving yourself and, and not taking it like, like it's the end of the world. If your target is obviously to move forward in motorsport and get to Formula One, which obviously that isn't the case for everyone, but um, you know, at karting, when I when I was doing it, and all the, I mean, we had this conversation with all the Australian drivers this year about karting, and you think it is, we all agree that you think it's absolute, you know, the bee's knees, and you have to get a good result, and um, you have to win championships and world titles in order to move forward, but it's it's not the case and um you know this can distract you from from driving in and um yeah improving yourself in areas where it does make a difference from where you get to formula because yeah teams in in formula four for example which is the next step don't really don't really care a lot about your karting results because you know it's, it's so different it doesn't necessarily correlate so um yeah just just focus on um, improving yourself and, and being being ready as possible for when you do make that step forward. Some awesome words of advice here from you, Alex. Alex Peroni, thanks so much for joining us on the podium and all the best for the remainder of the FIA Formula 3 Championship and hopefully we'll get to see you on the actual podium a few more times this season. Thanks, Jason. Yeah, hopefully. We'll see. But um, thanks for having me on the show. I enjoyed it.